everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and today we have a guest that maybe you recognize that you have heard before, Kelsey Furlong. So Kelsey is literally like this like beautiful channel and reflection of what is possible in the universe, and she is here. She guides people, men and women, um, in finding their clarity, and also not men anymore. Women only. Oh, women only. Women only. Welcome to the women only game, girl. <laughs> it was time. It was time. <laughs> yeah, I totally feel that. Well, Kelsey, thank you for joining the show. And that I, I, I forgot about that you're doing women only now. Really cool. Really cool. Well, majority lot, of the audience is women. A lot has changed since you and I have connected uh, for a podcast. Yeah, it was like a year and a half ago. We were jamming out on anxiety. And it's so cool because like that's the stage that we were experiencing within our own lives because that's what the topic was, right? We, we had navigated how to overcome anxiety with our business growth. Now, a year and a half, neither of us refusing to give up on this entrepreneurship crazy-ass journey. Um, and here we are. Yeah, it's been crazy. And I was... Um, I was in Vienna at the, on like the, at the end of a three month long backpacking trip that I had been on with my best friend. Um, we did Eastern Europe, I think the first time we did a podcast. And then the second one, I, I think I was home, but, um, yeah. And I, I feel like that, that travel connection is the thing that really drew us together in the first place. Yeah. It's so interesting to see how our journeys are kind of parallel evolving. Yeah, I remember the first time we connected is because at the time, okay, so you guys, I have changed my Instagram bio and like me teeter-tottering with what I'm doing and how I want to be seen so many times over the past three years. And so when we first connected, I had travel coach, um, a solo female travel coach written on my bio. And I legit had that on there for two weeks. And those, those were within the two weeks that you and your best friend connected with me. So it was just so cool, like divine timing, which by the way, a big part of this episode is going to be talking about doing whatever it takes, being able to embrace that expansion within your own growth, with your business, with your relationships. And a part of that is being okay with changes of being okay with like trying things out and seeing how it feels and not being attached to it. So because imagine if I had something else written, maybe we wouldn't have connected. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've changed my bio probably more than I've changed anything in my business <laughs> uh, and in my life, right? Because it's that it is, it's like you dip your toe in the water and see how it feels and see if it resonates and see if it calls in, right? See if it, it's the magnet that you've been like looking for. Um, and 100% my business, my, the, the current um, iteration of my business and my life for that matter, because they're the same, right? Uh, is light years from where it was even a year and a half ago, but particularly, you know, when it started three years ago, I, I was doing, um, business coaching, like specifically marketing, branding and sales development for the salon and spa industry. And I have just come, come so far from that place where I started. And Oh, let me ask you. So was your first approach towards doing like coaching, mentoring, consulting, towards the beauty and industry, because that was like the first door that you saw open. Like that was the easiest way to start. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when I, um, when I kind of got pushed out of corporate, which of course I orchestrated, right. Because we, that's what we do. Um, it was kind of a do or die. And I, I'm, I'm, 
I almost said I'm a little bit extreme. I'm extreme. I, and I own that. It took me a long time to be able to own that. I do things all in when I do them. And so I burned all my bridges back to corporate because it was the thing that I had to do in order to not have that safety net to be able to even go back to. And, um, yeah, I had been working in beauty for years and years. I, what I really thought I wanted to be doing was I had done some web design and, and I love marketing, um, in the past, or I thought I loved marketing in the past. And, um, so I had had this idea and I had it for like two years before I even left my corporate job, but I just couldn't get any traction on it. And I think we talked about that probably in one of the past episodes. If anybody wants to go back and listen to that, they can. Um, but it was, and I still had a lot of resistance. I still was like, I don't know if this is the thing, but it really truly was, I have to make an income. And this is the thing, this is the jumping off point. Like, this is where I'm at. I need to own it. I need to test the waters. And, you know, and I, I think you probably have experienced this, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have experienced this. It's like you do the thing, see how it feels. Maybe you have some success doing it, but it doesn't feel that good. And then you can kind of like retreat just a little bit, reassess, right? And, yeah. go, and then go back in. Mm-hmm, definitely. And it's that beginning part of wanting to start creating income on our own and taking the first opportunity to practice doing that. Cause I remember like feeling like, Oh man, I don't want to do that. Like my dream is to do like self-love and women empowerment coaching. But three years ago, I wasn't actually at that point to be charging clients to be, because I didn't have all of the experience that was required from all these other stepping stones. And I remember there was times where I felt impatient, but then it always was like, no, I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I could feel the vision, even though it hadn't materialized. And I feel like you have a very similar, um, like story on that. So I feel like there's, there's something to be said around starting, like you found a way to start doing coaching and consulting and charging to yourself. Cause that's, that's hard in the beginning, right. Of, of saying like, what are you selling? It's like me. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny. It's like, well, what do I actually sell? You know, it's like, I sell trust. I sell connection in the universe. Like a lot of the times you're selling clarity for people because you can see their blind spots. Yeah. And it is like a whole nother beast to be selling something that isn't a tangible product. Right. And I think fear is something that you and I have talked a lot about because it's a dance. We're constantly dancing with our fears because we're pushing ourselves out of our bound, out of our comfort zones. Well, yeah. Out of our self-protected boundaries. Totally. Totally. And it is, it's, it's all about, you know, it is all about trust and it's all about building confidence through action because, you know, we don't, we, we tell ourselves like when I'm ready or when I feel confident or like when I have the thing, I'll do the thing. And that's not how we build confidence. That's not how we build faith with, without risk, there can be no actual faith, right? And everything is a practice. Presence is a practice. Connection is a practice you know, coaching is a practice. Selling is a practice. Everything is a practice. And it requires you putting yourself out there. It requires you doing it no matter what and moving through the resistance because there will always be resistance. Mm -hmm. It's, it's in our human nature. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you your opinion on this. 
one of my clients was like, Hey, I, um, have fallen off the wagon with like my, my journaling practice and my 30 minute, like mindfulness practice. Cause that's like something that I implement as I encourage people to the first 30 minutes of waking up to do fucking anything they want, except look at their cell phone or TV. Totally. Yeah. Like I'm like freedom all around. Just don't look at your cell phone and TV. Um, and so like, how would you approach that? Cause she was like, I don't know how to overcome this resistance. Cause I don't want to pick it up. I like, I don't want to journal. I don't want to do this. Like, I don't know what this resistance is. Like, I'm curious how you would approach that. So for me, everything needs to evolve as we evolve. And what we need in one situation or one moment is not what we need in another moment. So anytime I hit that resistance, like let's say my schedule starts to feel kind of stale, I change the hours that I'm working. I change my schedule. So for me, it's the same with with these... um, I like to call them presence practices, right? Or self-care rituals or however you want to label them, whatever resonates with you. Um, They need to evolve. And and so something like journaling, if journaling's not feeling good, and sometimes I have that same thing, I'm able to push through it now. Um, But if it's just like you you really hit the wall and you're like, I just don't want to pick up the journal, find another practice to supplement, right? So I also kind of, I don't want to say that I play the piano because by most people's definition, I'm not actually playing anything on the piano, but I play play on the piano um, as another practice that, because for me, it's something that moves my emotions. It gets things, move, my energy moving through me and flowing in and around and, and it, it changes the state of being that I'm in. And that's kind of the entire point of these practices, right? It's, to clear ourselves out and change the way that we feel in our body, change the state of being that we're in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if the, if the journaling is just not feeling good right now and the resistance is too strong, what's, an, what's one other thing, you know? What's one other modality or one other tool that you can pull out? So for me, it's really important that all of my clients have um, like an entire toolkit of, tools to work with and they know how to use them and they also can identify which they need in any given moment. And I think for many of us, that's one of the hardest parts of, of the growth process because we, we tend to attach. We find something that feels good and we're like, this is it. This is the game changer. And then one day it stops feeling good and we're like, whoa, what do I do now? Right? And you're like, you gotta have a contingency plan. You've gotta have you gotta have a contingency plan. <laughs> like not a plan B, right? But like you need to know, like, okay, what's the plan? If I if this stops feeling good, then what? You know? And again, we learn that through practice and we yeah. learn it through surrounding ourselves with other beings who are kind of living and experiencing this way and dedicated to this growth. Um, yeah, well, and then it's like just trusting source that in the moment, if you ask, okay, well, what now, what would feel good, allowing yourself to tune into whatever that answer might be and like kind of allowing the stillness, you know, I think that's something especially like is, is being able to listen to that intuition or that soul voice. I call it the soul voice, being able to listen to that soul voice and asking ourselves questions more than we're asking other people questions. 
that's definitely something like if I could like impart impart if I could like support the creation of something for other people in the world it is to create a deeper connection with your soul with your with your intuition with that inner being of like okay, what do I need right now? And not asking it by already logically thinking you have the answer, right? But like asking it and really like letting stillness come over, you know? Yes. And there is, um, I've heard it called the sacred pause. I think that's Tara Brock. And that's a habit, right? That's a habit that we develop it, instead of reacting, we become responsive. And it's by slowing down and assessing any given situation rather than just automatically jumping into that autopilot reaction, that same thing that you've always done, it's making a conscious choice to make a different move. And yes, this is the other thing I'm really thinking a lot about right now is trusting ourselves that we have the answer inside of us as individuals more than anybody else, right? It's, I've actually, in the last week, I've been seeing a lot of like the gurus are falling type of messages online. And it's really interesting that this is showing up all at once as I'm kind of in this place too of like next level trusting myself. I don't really ask anybody for advice anymore um do you have a coach I do I do and you know I I mostly use my coaches as places safe places or sanctuaries as you will to process what I need to process and I I do sometimes ask like I feel a little bit stuck can you help me sort through it but I don't work with anybody who gives me unsolicited advice anymore I had to learn that And I don't work with anybody who tries to put me into their one-size-fits-all formula because there is no one-size-fits-all formula. We are all having literally a unique experience. Even those of us who might grow up with similar factors and have similar stories, every moment, every single moment of our human experience is different than the person standing next to us. And of course, at our core, we're all the same, right? But we're not. And so my beliefs are, are mine to determine based on my human experience. And it is up to me to dig into them and to say, is this my story? Is this true to me? Is this my value? Or has, is this a story about myself or a story about my life that someone else has told me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uncovering those stories is huge. And so like, that's because I'm curious, like with the work that you're doing in the world, are you supporting people and hearing that inner truth as well? You know, how do you walk people through that process or what is it that, you know, you're, you're guiding them through? What are some of those tools that you mentioned that's helping create that, that inner confidence, that self-trust? Yeah. So I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is, is building self-awareness, creating cultivating is a great word for this, cultivating self-awareness. And you do that through journaling, right? Really specific kind of prompts or exercises. Um, 
meditating, of course. We all love to talk about meditating because it's so effective. It's It's like the holy grail. Like anyone that's trying to skip over meditation in their own personal growth, you can't. You can't skip over it and still expect to expand. I mean, like we've had this conversation too. Expansion has been, oh, we'll get there. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, it's, it's, um, and it's difficult for people in the beginning or it feel, let me be clear. It feels difficult for people in the beginning and that's okay. You know, when I first started, um, my own kind of consciously started my, my expansion process, um, because I believe we're always expanding, but when we start to do it consciously, we go further and we go faster mm-hmm. and we break through those, um, you know, internal o- obstacles, uh, those limitations that we create, those borders that you referenced earlier that we make for ourselves much more quickly when we do it consciously. Um, and when I first started, I was so anxiety riddled. I was so conditioned to just be a scattered and frazzled mess. And it was literally painful for me to sit Mm. with no stimulation. So, and when you say you, when you first started the expansion process, that expansion process was also you first starting your business, right? Yeah. They, they actually did come at the exact same time. Um, because everything had just fallen apart for me. My life had like imploded. Um, I had just been in, so much resistance for so long that the universe, it felt like literally pulled the rug out from underneath me. Um, like lost my job, got dumped by a really amazing man. Um, the likes of which I had never met before. Uh, he just blew my, my worldview apart. Right. And, um, like had to be out of, I, I didn't have a place to live. Um, everything all at once. And, and it was like the biggest gift. And for the first time in my life, I was like, Oh, I get it. I get it. Okay. So, um, yep. And the business has really helped me facilitate my healing and make it go even quicker. I really believe that owning a business is a fast path to healing because whatever your, your stuff is, if you don't deal with it, it will show up and it will ruin your business or it will at least block your sustainable success. Right. Or you project it onto your clients and they're picking up your shit. That's, that's also really right. And I also think that's part of why for some of us who are really legitimately focused on being in, in service and being in, um, heart led, you know, uh, yeah, service. Service. service, right? It is. It's pure service and doing it from a place of purity and love, you know, but also not really taking shit from anybody, you know, and not just yeah. being that kind of like, it's, it's being balanced, right? Um, those of us who are really committed to that, it, I, I believe that it takes us longer because there are so many lessons that you, like you have to become the person that you need to be. And this is really the work that I do with my clients. It's about becoming the person that you need to be in order to have this is the level of success that you are really, really craving and that you, you deserve, but there is a process to getting there. Right. So I just want to go back to the point I was just going to make a second ago. If meditation is really difficult for you, start um, with, you know, hypno, start with a guided meditation, start with just laying down and doing some free mind play. 
and, you know, you start activating your imagination, like let yourself go there because that's another piece to this is we repress, you know, we don't let ourselves dream in a lot of cases because I, I work primarily with visionaries. Like that's my, that's my, I'll call it my niche because I get these people because that's how I am. And, um, you, there are times we really get lost to our ideas, right? We get so many downloads and we get overwhelmed by them if we don't know how to manage them. And so we oftentimes go the other way where we shut down the vision. And it's about coming center. So you had asked me about tools. I just want to make sure I'm answering your yeah. question. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. No, you are. And something that's coming to my mind when you're talking about um, the vision and the creativity, um, when we are in that fight or flight survival mode, that part of our brain is actually shut down. We don't have time to be creative and visionary because our body is like, we need to fucking survive. <laughs> you know, even if it is a situation like with, with, um, people that isn't actually life-threatening, you know, it's just that like, and so it, hearing, hearing like that you're working with visionaries, the other part of me is like, well, we all have the capacity to be visionaries, but not all of us allow ourselves the permission to be safe, which then creates the creativity, right? Cause like, like it's it, even like little kids, like if you kids are constantly wanting to be in creation and they'll literally cry and scream if you make them stop playing because that's what they're designed to do because they're just straight emotion based. You give them back the toy, they're instantly happy again, you know? And so I feel like a big part of what you're doing, which is so amazing is helping create like the emotionality that allows the space for the creativity, you know? Um, but I, I, I argue that everyone can be a visionary. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. And I, thank you for clarifying that. So for me, I, I think that the reason I speak to that is because generally I attract people who are already ha- like mm. they're, they're the, they are almost always dreaming a little too much. So it's about bringing them kind of back down to the ground um, and do you just like get a whole bunch of like air signs and water signs? <laughs> you know, I really do. So I'm, I'm a Gemini sun with a Pisces moon and, um, yes, that's, those are my people. So, um, you know, it, it is, and I had to work really hard too, uh, to kind of also find that balance because, you know, I'm that, I'm that dreamer. I'm that, that, you know, I want to be up there. Um, and you really turned yourself inside out to create that expansion, like to, to like let yourself feel everything that you're wanting to feel. Um, and like we talked a, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, we were laughing about all the shit that we've been through in order to not give up on our dream. <laughs> and we were laughing about how like it takes like a certain level of stamina to keep doing this entrepreneurship thing, especially when it is about personal development. We are selling fucking emotions. It is the hardest thing to sell, but that's like looking from like a business side, but then like the emotional side, it's like, well, this is a soul calling. There's literally nothing else I can be doing that would be in alignment. And like, I mean, I've had certain things with family or certain things with people that, you know, 
I thought I was going to lose them at the expense of continuing to expand and grow my business, expand my purpose, my mission. And I know that you have had similar situations too, where you kind of came down to the wire of like, do I keep going or do I fold? And you, can you share a little bit about your story of like not giving up and not like throwing in the towel? I have all these metaphors coming out now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really almost just started crying because it's that it is cultivating the resilience and the tenacity and the endurance to be in it for the long haul. And it is the most rewarding and most challenging thing that I think any of us can ever experience. And I mean, it took me, it took me, so I am just completing this, my second year of full-time self-employment. I've been working like the business for about three years now. Um, It's been, actually, I should say, I've been working on the business for about four years now. Uh, The first year really was solidly healing my anxiety, organizing myself, decluttering my space. I was traveling a lot to to really jumpstart the healing. I am extreme. In fact, one of my mentors said to me recently, you believe in implosion therapy, don't don't you? And I said, basically, yes. I will throw myself off the ledge because if I don't, I just, that I've learned enough about myself and I'm now breaking that habit. Um, I'm learning to let it be easy for myself, but there have been times that I've really just had to do the thing in order to, again, burn the bridges or burn the safety nets that I found myself subconsciously relying on keeping me from doing the thing. So it was my, my first year of business um, when I had a really defined niche, which was, you know, business. It really was like mindset coaching. Well, it evolved to that toward the end of the year. But in the beginning, I was specifically working with the beauty industry, and that was a really easy niche to sell to. And I had just enough success to have some confidence uh, about my earning potential specifically, but I hadn't learned enough lessons to not make some kind of rookie, and I'm going to label them as mistakes. And I want to be clear that I own my mistakes. I see them. Everything has worked out for me. Every single thing has taught me the things that I need to know in order to be able to be here having these conversations and own my shit. And I will also say that my values have really evolved through all of the experiences that I've had because I've had to ask myself constantly, is this in alignment, right? Is this about me or about somebody else? So last year was my second full year in business and it was, and I don't know if this, if you can resonate with this, Kelsey, but was year two really challenging for you? My year two? In business. Well, yeah, because I was still trying to people please to my mom and do corporate business coaching while on the side in my quote unquote spare time grow my self-love business, grow this podcast. I remember feeling guilty about doing this podcast because it was taking me away from what I was being told was my real job, which was the growth coach and like doing this corporate coaching with, with, um, like managers, middle-aged male managers, which I can do. 
And I think, and I, and I can't do it and I can make an impact there. But I knew deep down in my heart, like, no, I, my energy was split. It was like a cup and there was two holes in it. And my energy is just leaking out in both ways, not going in one direction. Like it, it, it. so year two, yeah, year two, year two was the hardest and the easiest ever. Yeah. It was the hardest and the easiest. It was the hardest because it turned me inside out. Um, I went on this like retreat that cost like $7,000. And at the time, like I was making like under a thousand dollars a month, you know, and it was just like, nothing actually made sense. And I remember getting so much pushback from other people about being irresponsible about like, how the hell are you going to get this money? I borrowed money. I maxed out all my credit cards. I started cold calling all the people I'd ever had a connection with. And I got three clients in three days and they, and two of them paid up front. And I was able to make those payments the day before the retreat started in New York city. But because of that, okay. Because of paying that much for one, I have no problem in charging a higher amount because I know what it can do for us just by proving to ourselves that we can come up with the money when we are in that like aligned space. And then secondly, it took that much money for me to be true to myself and make that converse, make that phone call. I was scared to death to make the phone call of calling my mom and telling her, I'm no longer working with you because God is telling me that self-love and empowerment is my path. And then to tell someone who doesn't understand the 5D world, because she's living 100% in the 3D of just seeing the survivalism, she's just like, you're abandoning me. The things that I was so afraid to hear was the exact things that I heard. But I knew I felt like I had a, a protective barrier over me. I felt like I had this like vortex of protection because I was able to just hold space for my mom and be like, I will promise you, I will be right here the whole time. I am not abandoning you. I am choosing me. I am choosing like my path of what I know is I'm being called to do. And it was really difficult. We, we, we had a really hard time for about three months. Like my, my best friend, business partner and mom all of a sudden became like a ghost in my life because I was choosing that she felt rejected by me and I had to be okay with that. And now we're closer than ever. She respects me for being headstrong and not giving up. And now she sees the, the financial success but also the impact she's talking to people that I've been working with. And she, she, and they're just like, Oh my God, I feel so amazing. Like, Oh my God. So a very long answer to your question. Yes. Year two was the most difficult, the most expansive, the most like fucking it. It was everything that they say entrepreneurship is, which is a freaking roller coaster ride but I've never felt more alive in my entire life. I did everything that people say you can't do. I did a retreat within six weeks that took people out of the country. didn't even have a website because when you're in alignment and spirit has your back, you don't need that techie shit. That's right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I, you know, what I hear through that and my experience is similar is when you give yourself the yes and you go all in on something, it forces you, you know, it forces your hand in a way because you have to make the decision. I didn't feel forced. I didn't well, feel forced at all. You I don't felt like feel it. forced. I, I, 
you don't have to feel forced. I didn't feel forced either, but it, it does. It puts you in a position where you have to make a choice, right? Do I want to go back or do I want to go forward? Yeah. And for me, I, so I, same thing. I went all in last year, you know, because year one, like I was in it, but not really. And last year I was like, okay, I have had enough of a taste of the freedom now of not having a corporate job and being able to, you know, live wherever I want to live and do whatever I want to do and travel a lot that I know there's no going back. Um, But I was still like, just not really there. And same thing, like there were months when I was making less than a thousand dollars. I was living off of credit cards. I was living off of loans. I was doing whatever I needed to do just to get to the minimum in some cases. While at the same time learning everything that I could, everything that I needed to, putting myself out there, making new connections, breaking down barriers, right? tapping into all resources that I had available to me. And uh, at the end of the year, I, my income had started to, I also spent a lot of last year and I spent a lot of money. I hired a really high-end money coach who helped me learn how to manage my money. And the irony is that I was paying her on credit cards. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which of course, like I don't have a problem with because I really do believe like we're meant to tap into all of our resources. And so I I learned how to manage my money because that was where I was at. That was one of my biggest things. And um, so in the back half of the year, I started having high like every month was like highest revenue, highest profit month yet. And October hit and I had my highest, highest, like um, you know everything was good. And then at the beginning of November, I got a summons from American Express because I had missed three payments and I had to make a choice. And it was um, because at that point in the span of about 14 months, I had invested about $50,000 in my business uh, all through credit. And I was thinking I would have a little more time and in October, I was like, yes, this is good. This is good. I'm going to be able to start making these payments like within the next month. And I got the summons and I started having conversations with them, having conversations with credit counselors, researching my options. And I decided to file for bankruptcy after like running the numbers, looking at my, at my situation, talking to my coaches who, you know, one was, was really saying, she's like, Kelsey, take the help. Do, do the thing that we are told is like one of the worst things that can happen to you, right? Everybody has those things. And for me, this was, this was one of those like bankruptcy for most people represents you're irresponsible. You are incompetent. You, your business isn't legitimate. It's not viable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? All of these stories that we hold around them. And I had to face up against all of that and decide What's true for me? What is true for me based on my values? And my coach was saying, she was telling me this story. She said, I remember I was on an elevator uh, with like five or six other women. And these are six and seven figure earners, all business owners. And And I don't know, she said, I don't know how it came up, but I remember one of them made a joke about bankruptcy and said like, who here has filed bankruptcy? And she said, every one of them, but me raised their hands. And Um, you know, and I, I just had to make that decision. And I, I, to your point of, and it's funny, this is the first time I've talked publicly about this 
So I'm really still finding my voice around it. But I will tell you that the thing that got me through it is the vision that I have of this and sharing this story and telling everybody that it is going to be fucking fine. Because <laughs> on the other side of this bankruptcy, I am having consistent $10,000 months. Because leveraging all of that is what I needed to do. All of the lessons that came with that is what I needed to do in order to get to the place where I can show up fully and in service for my sole clients. And that's what we're here for, you know? And at the end of the day, like I looked at the numbers and I, I ran through everything and, and sat with a couple of friends for hours who, who like talked me through everything. And I looked at it and I, I realized like, you know what, I could actually make these payments. Like based on, on all of this, I, I can do this because I know that when I put my mind to something, I can always do it. But the position that it would have put me in for, I don't know, it might've taken me, you know, you know, I don't want to speculate. It could have taken me six months to do it based on whatever my income ends up being in six months. Uh, because the other thing that I know is that it's really important that we don't make decisions based on where we are now. It's important that we make decisions based on where we want to be. And there is a process of scaling. And I can tell you that this whole thing has helped me understand that. And it makes me so much better for my clients to help them understand how to get from where they want to go to where they want to be. It is not about going from zero to a hundred. It's about going from zero to 10, zero to 20 or 10 to 20, right? 20 to 30. And I saw you posted that same thing in your story today that I had posted a meme, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of illustrates this. And there's a process to it. And it's easy to get lost to that when we get into comparison and we see online that the message is like, you know, it can happen overnight. It can happen overnight, but not, it takes, it takes. There's so much behind the scenes. Yeah. So much behind the scenes to, to make it happen. And anyone that has overnight success, like no one just starts a business and all of a sudden it's like Kim K or, you know, like, and if you do, you're probably a stuck up brat because you don't know how to actually be resilient in the process. Yeah, there's a lot that needs to be learned in order to make it sustainable and for you to really be in your to be in in your joy when that success shows up yeah. and to to be to stay centered and not let your ego be running the show. And I will also say yeah. that again because we're all having a unique experience, there's literally comparison is irrelevant. It's irrelevant because I can look at someone who, you know, um has a seven, some, some 30 year old, I'm 36, a, let's say a 30 year old who has a seven figure business. And I can like, be like, oh damn, you know, what am I doing here? Why is it taking me so long? But the fact of the matter is I don't know where that person started. And this is part of why I'm so transparent with my story because I started my business with fucking nothing. Like I didn't have a job. I had pulled out my 401k, which was, I think I got like 13 grand after taxes, which basically paid my living expenses and paid for me to go to South America for twice over the course of like, four, I was there for about four months total that time. Um, you know, like I had some unemployment that sustained me for a minute. And then I had a part-time job making 15 bucks an hour that was remote um, so I could work from home and it was like basically digital factory work, but it did the thing. Right. And, and like in the midst of all of that, I was just 
plugging away at it like bit by bit. And there were moments when I would, I remember like laying on my bedroom floor, just sobbing because I'm like, will this ever get easier? Like when will, when will like my autopilot just be me, you know, be easy? Like when will I have the habits that I need? Like, and not have to think so fucking hard about this whole thing. And like, you know, and, and, and I'm there now where like, I still think about things. I still have to pay attention, right? Consciousness is a lifelong practice, but it's, it's so much more fluid now. I don't have to work so hard for that. I can be relaxed in my body and like be, be more present and I don't have to. And, you know, and the other thing is like, I was running out of money at the end of 2017 and then I got a $5,000 class action lawsuit. It was actually a $7,500. I don't know if I've told you this $7,500 settlement. It was like 4,800 that I got after taxes. That's how I paid my first coach. That was like one of, that was the first like windfall that I ever had gotten. And I really like universe just like being like, here you go, babe, I got you. Yes. Like, because I was on a precipice where I was like, I had went to full time with that $15 an hour position and it wasn't enough money to really like sustain me. And I could see myself getting back into a space of like comfort and, you know, uh, like like, you could feel yourself starting to settle a little bit. Yes. And I, but I also like, I was like, no, there's no other way. Like I need some fucking help here. I'm not quitting. Just, I need, I need something. So to, to go back to comparison, like you don't know, what it has taken for a person like, like bankruptcy, right? Like heartbreak, heartache, blood, sweat, and tears. And again, my, I have just come into myself through this process and my faith and my confidence. Like I show up in this world every day as a fucking force because of what I've been through and because of what I know. And the fact that I try, and there's a, there's a huge differentiating factor because you believe and you have loved and accepted everything that's happened as it's happened for you. You don't, you don't look at things as being a victim to your circumstances. And that's why you're a force. Yes. I think that's like the key part is looking at everything as happening for us. Yes. Right. And if we're able to hold out long enough to see how it's happening for us, then we can see it. But if we instantly go to, well, this isn't figured out now, so it's probably not going to be figure outable versus it's like, ah, patience. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're like, why is this happening to me? Why am I just not like, like, why can't I have a trust fund so that I can start my business and like automatically pay people who know how to do the thing? Why do I have to figure every single thing out for myself? Well, there's a reason you know, and it is for us and it is in service of us so that we can go forth and be in service of other people who are having similar struggles and having similar experiences. And we can teach them through those experiences. And I will also say this, this has come, come into my consciousness a lot lately. I know so many people who claim to have faith. They have, they have a belief system, right? They go to church, they, they do the, the, the things, they, they pray, they give gratitude, whatever you want to label it as. But if you are not practicing your faith, I find there to be some hypocrisy in that. And I, I'm struggling a little bit to let those words out of my mouth because I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. But my point is you have to be in action. You know, you have to allow people don't- to work for you. Yeah. People don't know what they don't know. 
So I think that there could be hypocrisy if the leaders they are following are also not embodying faith. Yeah. So then they, they, they don't know what they don't know, you know, That's because if someone were to, if they were to be, if, cause if someone were to be like, I don't think any, I think hypocrisy is when you know something, mm-hmm. you preach something and you do something else. I think there's actually like a level of like not experiencing that in the body. So they can't rationalize how to choose faith because it's so foreign because think about when you were choosing faith and it was, and it was, your body was responding with anxiety. So the anxiety had to be fixed before you could trust the faith. I'm just being devil's advocate over here. No, I I love that. I'm here for that. Like, and, and I, that's so valid. And so, you know, but, but it is, it's a matter of breaking through that and aligning the body with the mind. And we do that through action. We do that through allowing God to show up for us, you know, and putting ourselves out there and saying like, I'm going to follow this calling that I feel, this calling that I have, this, this voice that I hear, however, it, however, those messages, those divine downloads are, are getting to you. When you say yes, you allow spirit to show up for you. And that's really all spirit wants. It wants to give us what we are, what we ask for. Yeah. But if we don't ask for what we truly want or yeah. truly believe is possible because I, I had that. I remember the first time I went to this event and we had to write down what our ideal month would look like, all the things that we would want to do, like all the fun stuff. What do we want our lifestyle to look like? And then going and like guessing how much money we would need for it. And like, I did this and this was two years ago, year and a half ago. I came up with like $4,700 for the month. Yeah. And that was supposed to be all my fun, free stuff or, you know, like my free time, my, my enjoyment time. And all the girls around me are like, I need 25,000 a month. I need 10,000 a month. I need 15,000 a month. And I remember just being like, oh my gosh, I wasn't giving myself permission to, to allow God to help me because I hadn't seen the vision yet that was in store for my highest good. Or it's not even that material stuff equals the high, you know, equals the highest good. It's more of allowing myself the permission to dream, to believe it's possible that believing I'm worthy of that. And I think that's where like, we really have like misconstrued things of you're allowed to want anything that you want because you're worthy of it. And if you feel guilty about wanting nice, luxurious things, then there's a distorted story there. Yes. Yes. The worthiness thing is so, it's so important. It is so, because at the core of all of our struggles, I really believe this, at the core of everything that we struggle with is a worthiness, is a story about our worthiness. Yeah. And we've all had times in our life where people have, something has happened and the translation that we've acquired as to what it means is being unworthy, you know, and I think that also like pairs up pretty well with the comparison because you see someone that maybe is super successful in their business seemingly very quickly. Maybe they're super tapped in, tuned in, tuned in and turned on to spirit. So all of a sudden they're like, it looks as though they're created out of nothing. And the story that can be created is, wow, they're worthy and I'm not. And that's a self-created story, right? Right. And so, Yeah. I mean, I didn't even, if someone were to tell me like, Hey, like, you know, dream big, I'd be like, I am, 
But until I was in the room, the comparison of other people's numbers actually was so supportive because I kept thinking, wow, why did I, 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 Honestly, it was from traveling. I prided myself with being able to live off of the littlest amount possible. So it's a mindfuck transition from being in the traveling world to being in entrepreneurship. Because all the things I was proud of, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of disempowered. Yeah, same. And so, and, and that's interesting that that's coming up because I'm about ready to make my next move. And like probably, not probably, I have committed to being out of my current living situation by June 30th. And I am publicly stating that because my whole shtick is integrity. And I like, I will put it and out you're extreme. So you want public pressure. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I need everybody to know so that I hold myself accountable. And I fully own that. But I love this it. next move feels really big for me because I'm going to do something I've never done. And again, listen, I am 36. I'm single. I don't have children. I live an extremely unconventional lifestyle. I consider myself a cycle breaker and a new paradigm leader. And, and that doesn't mean that there are no stories that come with this, right? So I, what, I, what I am planning on doing is going to either Puerto Rico or Mexico. I will not have a, a house here like I always have, even when I've traveled in the past. Um, I don't exactly know what it's going to look like, but it's going to be a big move. And I'm really working on the mindset shift from my past traveling, which was all backpacking and, you know, some Airbnbs and some hostels, but like really being on a budget to saying, okay, um, I can afford and I will continue to be able to afford, right? So not catastrophizing or worst case scenario, worst case scenarioing, uh, <laughs> what, what my situation will be when, because there are a lot of stories for me about like, well, you know, the majority of my clients come right now from my local events, right? My, my community here in central Ohio that I've been building since I've been back for the last few years. Uh, so really having to not write those stories about what's going to be possible for me or what I'm going to be leaving behind or what I won't be able to recreate. And leaving it open, giving it to God and saying, and I want to be clear, I use God, spirit, uh, source, the universe, all interchangeably, because for me, it is all the same. Me that's too. My, that's my version. Okay, great. So, um, and I actually, uh, Allah is one that I, I use too, because my, I really came yeah. into my spirituality through the Quran. That's maybe a whole other podcast. So, um, Anyway, yeah, challenging all those stories about money and what's going to be available to me and what I deserve. And you and I just talked the other day about like the car situation. I'm thinking like, should I sell my car? Um, and there's this whole kind of mind fuck around, well, if I'm gone for six months, do I really want to continue paying for it? Will I be able to afford it? The answer is yes. Um, if I come, if I sell it and then I come back in six months, will I be able to afford to buy a new car? The answer is yes. Um, but there's, you know, all this speculation and speculation is a form of worry and it's wasteful. And so whenever I catch myself going there, I just have to cut it, you know, or I give myself dedicated time to kind of go there and consider all of my options. And then I cut it. Um, and I, I think, you know, that's just a matter of, of trusting, trusting myself, trusting spirit, 
trusting yeah. the whole fucking experience that and trusting that it can me. work out that it can work out even better than in our minds I can imagine you know because there's always more available if we're willing to mentally hold the space for more you know like I will imagine be like I have no idea what it's going to look like but I know it's going to feel this way yeah and it, I mean that also circles full like all the way around to how you were saying, and this is the same thing that I do. We do the same thing with our clients is how, who they want to be in the process of doing whatever they want to do. Who do you need to be in order to do those things? And so it's like, Hey, if you want to create something you've never created before, who do you get to be in that process? Who's the woman that does that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love this. I, um, it's just, and I thought I was moving to San Diego until <laughs> December. In November, I could feel, I could feel God being like, "We're moving. It's time to uproot. It's time to go like go somewhere else." Especially just near the sun. Like that was the main thing. It's like you need to be warm. You need to be by the beach. There needs to be some water therapy. I thought I was going to go to San Diego. I was looking at apartments, but I kind of had a resistance. And then. Um, I needed, I did, I needed, I didn't need it, but I, I last minute decided to buy like a one week plane ticket to go to Mexico. And when I got there, I started speaking out loud, started dreaming out loud. I was like, wouldn't it be so fun if I could do workshops and like stay here? And then it, she, you know, my friend was like, you can, that's the thing. But because I wasn't attached to San Diego, I was still open. I still was able to hold the space for another direction to take me in another direction. And so it was like, whoa, okay, spirit. I totally thought we were going to San Diego, but I guess we're going farther south. (laughs) And so it's like allowing the space to be guided. And it's not crazy. It's not crazy. I mean, from some perspectives, totally, because we're actually tuning into the inner spirit. So yeah, we're fucking nuts. Yeah. But it's like the life force of everything. And so I feel like if you're feeling the call towards Mexico or Puerto Rico, it's just like being like, okay, I'm feeling the call that it's time to leave the nest. Spirit guide me. Spirit guide me. Where is this place? Clearly it's going to be tropical if those are your two options you like. That's it. And and similar for me, like, so at the end of last year, um, September and October. In October, I actually, so I live in a house that um, for all intents and purposes, it's mine, but my parents own it and I pay them for it. And I told them I'm moving out uh, at the beginning of January. I, 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 at the time I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go. I was feeling a lot of stress around it, but I just knew like my time here is done. If I stay any longer, I'm going to start to burn down what I've built. And that's another thing that's really important to recognize is when it is time for change, if you resist it, you will burn down what you've built. (laughs) And, um, or at the very least, like best case scenario, it will stay stagnant and you will not grow. And, but if you're like me, you're going to burn it down. So (laughs) um, I was like ready again. I was feeling some stress. I was thinking, so I live like 45 minutes from Columbus, Ohio. um, And it's real sleepy here. This is my hometown. It was the perfect move. When I came back, it was exactly what I needed to like get out of the hustle and rewire myself, break out of some of those like bullshit conditionings that were holding me back. Um, you know, that like life that I had built, that was the life that I was told I was supposed to want, um, doing the things that I was supposed to do to get those things. And for me, it was just like complete bullshit. And I have very much outgrown my shell here. We like to talk about lobsters. I remember, 
I had outgrown my shell here and I was like, it's time to go. And I was about to sign a lease on an apartment in Columbus in this great community. Um, Columbus is, is kind of thriving and growing right now in a way that's exciting, but not for me for the long term. Uh, I say that with so much love. And um, the apartment was like just outside of my comfort zone with my budget. I knew it would be the thing that would like push me a little bit. I had some kind of like in-betweens with my like, like I wasn't fully committed, but it seemed like the best thing to do. Like my, my, uh, the guy that I had been seeing, like that was kind of like, I wasn't sure which way that was going to go. It wasn't long enough to like really talk about our next move together, but enough that I cared. And, you know, all, all of these considerations swimming in my mind. Um, and then I got the summons and the bankruptcy got into motion and I have to be so fucking grateful because if that had not happened in that moment, I would have not had the experience this winter because my focus, my energy would have been on my move. It would not have been on my business. It would not have been on getting to this next place with my financial uh, freedom, which frankly is the only thing missing. It was the only, was the only thing missing in my life until like the end of last year. And I finally got into a rhythm with it. And I would have completely sabotaged that had I left in that moment. And so again, like just to, to go back and, and we're talking about being able to have the clarity to see that everything is working out for you you know, in every moment, I'm able to really believe and embody that now. And it is because I tell myself every single day and I, I proactively uh, installed, right? Because we're an operating system, this belief in myself that everything is always working out for me. So that when shit hits the fan and I am extremely triggered and my ego is like, wanting to put the walls all the way up, I can keep them. I can stay open. I can stay receptive. I can stay soft because I know that everything is always working out for me and I am getting what I need in any moment, even though it is not what I think I want. Mm, that's so good. It's important. It's, it's critical. In fact. Yeah, it is critical. Even, and isn't it, doesn't it become kind of fun to all of a sudden look back on even some of the little things and be like, oh, I'm so glad I listened to that because it can be confusing sometimes of, is this resistance or is this source guiding me? Or like, you know, like, is this resistance working for me in a way that I don't understand right now? And like that happened with being here in Mexico. I was like, oh, I, I, I need to find an Airbnb. I don't have like the next thing confirmed. And I was like an Airbnb. And I was like, ah, oh, something in my stomach was just saying, don't do it. And then I found out I got like another situation that I would have, I would have lost a lot of money if I paid for those Airbnbs, assuming I wouldn't have another opportunity and then everything works out for us. Yeah. Everything always works out. And I think that, um, I know we've talked about this too. Like when we start going through the forgiveness process of the things that we once were a victim to, and we start to reinstall beliefs when we start to let go of expired beliefs to see that even the worst of the worst shit that we've ever experienced happened for us in some way. You know, I, I'm sure like, 
yeah, I, I, that's when that's literally is what started the entire empowerment thing for me. Was yeah, being like, a, whoa, game changer. Game changer. I was like, oh my god, like forgiveness happened. Like forgiveness of myself. For, for creating any type of like blame around something that I couldn't see yet. And then I'm like, well, that happened for me. And I instantly softened thinking about like five-year-old Kelsey. And I know I'm sure you do too. Like five-year-old Kelsey, it's like, oh, I love you. It's She's okay. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it's, and I can say, I mean, everything has what's coming to my mind is kind of a visual. Sometimes this happens. So I need to find words for it, but you know, as we expand and we are receiving more of the things that we want, we have to do, this is why to go back to kind of diversifying our practices, they need to evolve as we evolve because what we did to get us where we are is not what we'll need to do to get us to where we want to go. And I totally lost my train of thought right then. That's so funny when that happens to me, it'll come back, but it's um, the forgiveness thing. Oh, so when we get to these new levels, the losses feel that much bigger, right? The highs become higher and the lows become become lower. lower. Mm -hmm. And so recognizing that allows us to reconcile and just ride the wave and become more fluid and understand that, you know, like, with every lesson, as we up level, for lack of a better label, we're going to learn things in a bigger, maybe feeling harder way. And also at the same time, things become easier. So the bankruptcy, it, it came at the same time as I was developing a relationship that felt really special and really promising to me. And relationships have always been I think that's the area that I have the most dysfunctional programming around and I'm really, really working through that. I'm really learning that. And so, and, and then money is the other one. And so, and traditionally they've always come at the same time for me and I've always kind of sabotaged both at the same time. And this time I didn't do that. And I was able to really stay in it, stay present with both of the situations practice forgiveness because the bankruptcy brought up all of my most deeply rooted worthiness issues. It brought up the legitimacy of my business with the questioning of it. It brought up my competency. Um, it brought up whether this person was going to continue to think that I was worthy as a potential partner. If I was responsible enough because that's another old story that I've been told a lot about myself is that I'm not responsible, that I'm wishy-washy, that I changed my mind too much, right? All of these things that Mm -hmm. those of us who kind of are like this, uh, I think hear a lot. Um, And really being able in the moment, like not losing myself to shame and guilt and questioning myself, right? Self-doubt or imposter syndrome, like all of those really devastating patterns that we really easily fall into. I was able to not let myself be dragged down into those wells um, through practicing self-forgiveness and, and saying like, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, yes, this is, you made some mistakes. You made some, some choices that got you to this place. But at the end of the day, it doesn't actually matter. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it doesn't. 
and making choices around that and being able to, to, to stay in my body and not get lost to any of those emotions that come up, like to feel into them and to grieve that version of myself that no longer exists because now I'm on the other side of these lessons and also to be in gratitude to her mm-hmm. because she kept fucking going. Yeah. What would you say to the girl right now that feels like shit just hit the fan? I don't know. Like get on the fan and ride it. It's fine. <laughs> this, that might be like the wisest thing that's ever come out of my mouth. But like, I mean, I, it, it's like, it's okay. It, I mean, just look up and like, I don't know, look at the mess and like give gratitude for it because it's fine. I mean, seriously, it's, it feels messy right now because life is messy and we control is an illusion. Yeah. And you know, like, that's the other thing is like, go into it and, and make, make the conscious choice. Say, okay, Kelsey, this might get messy and I'm doing it anyway. And actually that is, that is the thing that I told myself at the beginning of 2019. I finally kind of like, like peeled my hands back off of the illusion of control and said, okay, this, this could get really messy and I'm doing it anyway. And you know what? It did get fucking messy. And I came out of it on the other side, like the Phoenix rising from the flames. And I just like, I'm here for it, you know? And at the end of the day, if you want something, you owe it to yourself to find a way to have it. Yeah. Because there is always, always, always a way. Yes, there is. You might not like the way. It (laughs) might not be what you want to hear. You might have to do, in fact, you will probably have to do some things that you don't want to fucking do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think of so many different times where I realized, oh my gosh, that's the bridge to get to where I want to go. Can we get a different bridge, please? (laughs) (laughs) Not that bridge, please. (laughs) But you know what? That's a part of the whole thing of like it happening for us. My whole body has goosebumps right now because I think of so many things that I had to do or even just learning how to have like just small things and big things that were just so uncomfortable. That's the easiest way to say just really uncomfortable. But what I learned from that uncomfortableness, I realized, Oh, good thing. I learned that. Cause that's exactly what I need right now. And it's like, all right, all right, God, jokes on me. (laughs) There's a greater plan. Okay. (laughs) And I can, I can tell you solidly that the very first piece of the puzzle that came to me, um, through all of this was, Kelsey, you have to learn to be uncomfortable. If you want to get where you wanna go, you have got to learn to stop avoiding discomfort because I was, I was constantly moving away from discomfort. And when you move away from discomfort, you are moving away from the things that you want. Hmm. You know, and like truly in the bigger picture, when you are seeking instant gratification just to make yourself feel good in that moment, you're really fucking up your flow. And so that's part of why I took off. I went to South America. I was like, I need to go where things are 
not, nothing is the same. I literally can't exist as the Kelsey that I've been existing as for all of these years. And so like, if I could give your listeners and the world any, you know, wisdom to take away from this, if nothing else, it is learn to be uncomfortable, get mm-hmm. good at being uncomfortable because that's how you're going to learn to be fluid. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Finding comfort in the discomfort. Oh, yeah. That literally was my only bio in my Instagram for like five years before I ever knew there could be businesses. It was just like finding comfort in the discomfort. Cause girl, I went to Latin America for the exact same reason. It was just like, there has to be something different available, you know? So I'm so glad that, that you've shared, you know, your perspectives on things and like what your entrepreneurship journey has been and how you've been showing up for yourself and you're like creating. And if you're making $10,000 months, that means that you're creating a fucking big impact and you're working with a lot of people. So they're being able to evolve and rise like the Phoenix with you. So hell yeah, girl. That's exactly right. And that's what gets me through. You know, it is the service. It's, it's being able to leverage the shit show. (laughs) Leverage the shit show. Yeah. Because it, it, when we have the belief installed, that everything happens for us, we can leverage the shit show. Yeah, because you don't lose yourself to the the chatter. The chatter, mm-hmm. it still comes up. Like, don't forget who you much, are. But yeah, exactly. You just like you know, like no matter what what shit talking is going on inside of your mind, you're like, it's all good. Yeah. Like I hear you. I love you. I'm wrapping you up in a big hug right now. I know. I see your fear. I know you're yeah. scared. We got this. You know? Yeah. I always like talking about putting fear in the back seat. You don't have to become fearless. Just don't let it drive. It doesn't get to drive the car. Yeah. That's right. That's that five-year-old self. Five-year-olds can't drive. Shouldn't drive. <laughs> We're in an alternate reality, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> oh, I love you too. Kels, how can people get into contact with you? How could they connect, play, flow, talk, whatever? Yeah. So, um, of course I'm on social media. Instagram is, is my preferred platform. I am at lead L E A D the evolution. Um, you can also just search my name, Kelsey Furlong. You can find me on Facebook. Although all I've been doing on Facebook lately is ranting about how I don't really like Facebook and (laughs) (laughs) I will put your Instagram link in the show notes. Um, and then people can reach out through there and you know, you guys listening right now, Kelsey and I have never met in person, but I fucking know this girl. I love this girl. And so use leverage Instagram to create connection in your life, create friendships, right? I mean, hello, we're like Instagram besties and like we've never met in person. How crazy is that? It's great. It's so (laughs) great. It's so great. And I will tell you, like, speaking of connection, we are here in this human experience for two things presence and connection. And if you can cultivate both of those things, you will have the dopest fucking experience. (laughs) That's it. Amen. Amen, Sister Fran. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You. And Kelsey, thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah, no, I love it. This is, I love you. So of course, I'm going to talk about this. Thank you for, for holding space for me to share through what I went through last year for the first time. And yeah, um, yeah. 
Yeah, you guys, this is the first time that she has shared, you know, her experience with bankruptcy and like this gift of how it's all unfolded. And so I know that there's going to be a lot of people that need to hear this. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye, guys. Catch you on the next episode. If you like this episode, take a screenshot, tag us, lead the evolution, Kelsey Blow Show. We like to see where you're watching from. Take a screenshot of, um, you know, the screen or whatever app you're, you're listening to and tag us because we love to be able to join the conversation with you and be able to see what's going on. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>